Good morning, you're listening to Saturday Morning Dads, the podcast for you. If you think way too much about children's media, my name's Sean. I'm Curtis. And today we're reviewing Matilda. Sorry, I don't have the I don't have it pulled up. Oh, it's probably like a hundred percent critic score, ninety five percent audience score. Yes, we'll just roll with that. Probably very high. Hit the theme. Um, I've got it now. 91% Rotten Tomato score. Is that the critic score? Um, it is the critic score. 91%. Audience score? Only 73%. Oh, the audience score, well, this movie is for people who watch movies, but it's about how good people who read books are. So a certain percentage of the audience is going to be turned off because they hate reading. I see. Uh, I see your logic there. A lot of virtual, virtual virtue signaling about the, you know, the the value of people who yeah. read. Well, anytime you have a movie based on a beloved book, you're going to get some haters because it's not exactly like the book. Oh, that is also true, but also stupid because it's delightful because it's way better than the book because it's not. Um, you don't have to read it. Yeah, it's got moving pictures. Yeah, <laughs> exactly right. Um, <clears throat> what yeah. are you going to learn from a book? You can't learn faster from TV. Um, I will say that the last movie that we talked about, um, named A Witch's Ball, had fifty-five audience ratings. This one has over two hundred fifty thousand. Whoa, prolific! I, I think more people saw this movie. Then saw that movie. Because it had a theatrical release. <laughs> yes. And also was very popular <laughs> because children's had, movie. Had a theatrical le- release, confident actors. Uh, An actual budget. Actual budget. Uh, costume designer. Was directed by Danny DeVito. It was directed by Danny DeVito. I didn't know Danny DeVito directed. But he, he directed the crud out of this movie. He did a great job. He did a fantastic Paul, job. And also Paul Rubens was in this movie. And not very Paul Rubiny. He was just like any actor could have been that. He role. was a cop. Yeah, he just played it really straight. Yeah, there was no goofy parts. Um, and it's so it's based on a Royal Doll book. Everybody probably knows that. I'm trying to read the book to June, who's four. She's not that into it. So I bought the book and I sat Maddie down. And I was like, I'm going to read this book to you. And, like, she's the right age for it. She's eight. Yeah. So. I think June's a little too young. I think June's a little too young. Because it's kind of nasty and scary. Yeah. Yeah, parts of it I feel bad reading. Like, when her parents are talking to her, I'm like, this is like. It's rough. Yeah. Rough language. But I sat Maddie down and I read to her, like, the first four chapters all in one go. Which Oh, wow. She was into it, huh? <clears throat> she was really into it. I was like, do you, do you want me to stop here now? Like, my voice is kind of getting tired. <laughs> she was like, no, keep going. Keep going. But she wasn't really saying, I'm loving this. Good job. She was just saying, keep going, you know? And so I read like the first four chapters to her one night. 
And then like a couple other times was like, hey, let's read some more of that book. And she's like, no. <laughs> no, I'm good. I didn't really like it. Huh. So. Uh, it's because these kids these days have their TVs and their iPods and their YouTubes and their Minecrafts. The kids don't, love Minecraft. Don't, don't appreciate a good book. Maddie is just going through this phase right now where she really thinks teenagers are cool. June does too. Yeah. Like if I that's why I think she's so excited to this go to this play. A little behind oh, the scenes. Curtis oh. and I are going to play. Just happens to be at the same time. We're it is a high together. school it is a high school production. When we're at the play, I'll probably just give you a quick head nod. Yeah, one of those little tip of the imaginary hat. Yeah. Because it's daughter time, you know? Yeah. Are you just taking Maddie? Yeah, it's just me and Maddie. She loves plays. That, I probably told you the story, but I didn't tell it on air. Someone say it again. But I was Maddie's very into the performing arts, uh, like many little girls. Like I'm not. I know that's not unique. Uh, but she's also super cute and good at it. And I know that I'm a dad, so of course I'm going to say that. But uh, I was explaining to her what an egot is. And yeah. that if she start, starts now and tries really hard, she might be able to get an EGOT. And she was, and, and I was explaining it to her, you know, Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony. And she was having me explain, like, each one to her. She goes, I don't want an EGOT. I don't want any Oscars. Just a bunch of Tonys. Oh, so she's a strictly stage performance. <laughs> yeah, she wants to be a stage performer. Who's, she, your, who's your favorite EGOT winner? Whoopi Goldberg. Uh, my favorite is Tracy Jordan. Tracy Jordan? Yeah, from uh, uh, the character on 30 Rock. Oh, I was confusing him <laughs> for a brief moment with, with, Tra- real- with Tracy Morgan. With Tracy Morgan. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Tracy Morgan doesn't have an EGOT. Tracy Jordan, the character, <laughs> has an EGOT? Yeah. You love that 30 Rock show. Man, I watch the heck out of it. Man, I think my I love Bob's Burgers. Yeah. That's I'm- my 30 Rock. You know what was my 30 Rock for a long time when I was... Like in middle school and high school was Frasier. Frasier's a good show. I watched so much Frasier. It was always on TV. You could just sit there if you had cable and just press the up button. Eventually, you'd find Frasier. Yeah. Uh, also, that's the same with Gene Hackman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can uh, at least when it's probably not the case anymore. But when I was in college, you could one hundred percent of the time find a Gene Hackman movie. He made enough of them. And then, all good for so movies. I, yeah, I was like, I was, I had made that joke and thought about it in college. And then I watched that movie PCU. And it's a whole plot point in that movie. What's PCU? Um, it's a, it's a movie. But what is- <laughs> it's like David Spade and uh, oh, what's his name? Are you thinking of Joe Dirt? No, not thinking of Joe Dirt. I like to Joe Dirt. Yeah, PC. It's just like col- a college comedy movie, uh, but one kid's doing his thesis on um, Gene Hackman. If Gene, yeah, the percentage of time Gene Hackman is on cable. <laughs> <laughs> is this is this a college like class for like data analysis? Or? No, he's like a stoner, he's like a stoner kid. <laughs> anyway, uh, I, I don't know what the we're going to go see a play. We're going to go see. A local high school. It's a big high school. Yeah. Big uh, big high school. Very good theater department. And they got the rights to Frozen. 
So we're going to go watch Frozen. A high school kid's put on Frozen. Uh, one of our coworkers, so one of our coworkers' this. daughter is in the play. That's why we're going. We don't normally just go to high school I might. plays. I mean, I might. not that there's anything. I mean, I don't know. I don't want anybody to think we're weirdos or anything. I think going to a high school play as a form of entertainment is a valid thing to do. It is the high school in my neighborhood. Like, this is the high school that my daughters will go to if I stay in the neighborhood. And, you know, there are many towns in America where that is the only form of life theater there is. That's true. And it's a a celebrated tradition. There's, you know, you wouldn't think twice about going to high school football game, would you? Uh no, but uh, I also, I wouldn't do that either. Yeah, unless I knew somebody playing. I I hope I never have to go to a high school football game. I hope my kids don't get in band. My parents had to go to so many high school football games because my little brother was in band. So you can't even see him because you're like in the stands next to him. You can't even look at him. You're just like, oh man, hear those snare hits. That's probably my son. <laughs> that is, uh, yeah, one of, one of those there's eight, eight, eight drummers is my son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Maddie does not want to be on drill team. We have already broached the subject. We tried to get her sign up for Joel camp this summer, but she doesn't want to do drill team. That's totally fine. Yeah. She wants to take voice lessons. Yeah, she wants that tea. She wants that tea. That <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so this she loves Frozen. She loves high schoolers. She loves live theater. She especially loves high schoolers, though musicals. So right now, Maddie doesn't want. She only she's very in, into high school kids and how they kiss, and oh, okay. she loves watching YouTube videos that are animated. By high school kids or animated by college students about the times in which they were in high school or are completely fabrications of super elaborate like soap opera dramas about high schoolers. I didn't know that was a a subgenre of YouTube. Oh, it's a deep hole of like it's like anime style, but it's like just still drawings. It's almost like a slideshow of really bad like whatever you're imagining right now. It's like anime drawn. In Photoshop, in, yeah, that sounds real boring. It, it, it's real boring. It's really long. It's boring just talking about it. Anyway, what, what movie? If we're talking about Matilda. Maddie doesn't want anything to do about Matilda because it's about a little girl. And Maddie doesn't like little girls. She likes girls that can drive cars but can't vote. That's the sweet spot. <laughs> Some fifteen-year-olds. Yeah. Okay. Uh, sixteen-year-old. I guess 15. 16, 17. Okay. Um. Yeah, so Sunday is going to be a perfect storm. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a great day. It's going to blow her mind. Well, though uh, she we're Hugh Jackman's to it. not in it, so she's probably going to be a little let down. She loves Hugh Jackman and The Music Man. Or not The Music Man. The Greatest Showman. Uh, the Greatest Showman. Um, here's a little tidbit. Uh, the only Broadway, I guess it was off-Broadway, show that I've ever been to in New York City um, I went on opening night with my buddy who designed, he used to design posters for all these shows. Um, the show starred Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken? And, um, oh, what's his name? Anyway, I was sitting down the row from Hugh Jackman. You you were on the same, this must yeah. have been a good row. It was a great row. Uh, also, I went 
um, and it was opening night. So like there was a lot of famous people there and it was a very small theater. Um, in the back, I saw Jason Sudeikis. Jason Sudeikis? Hanging out with um, Tyrion Lannister. I can't um, remember his name. It's weird. Oh, man. I, I was just thinking about it. but Wait, um, which one's Tyrion? The, the little one. Tyrion Lannister. Oh, I can't remember his name. I was thinking the other one. Um, I'll think about it. But Niles. Niles was there? From Frasier. He's got three names. I forget what they are. Me too. Um, so I think David's in there. Yeah. So it was uh, It was cool. It was very cool. Um, Ricky Bobby's wife. from <laughs> <laughs> April Buchanan? Oh, no. All these celebrities. Oh, that no, no. Not, not Ricky Bobby. I was thinking um, he's pounding down. Um, what is her name? Her name is, I'll tell you her name, Leslie Bibb. Leslie Bibb. Um, I would not be able to pick Leslie Bibb out of the lineup. She's very tall, and she is. She was the fiance of um, the other guy in the movie, who was called. Well, I'm now. I just want to go watch East Bounding Down. You should. Yeah, it's a great Sam Rockwell. So, okay. So it was Christopher Walken. It was a two-man show, Christopher Walken and Sam. No, there was two other people in it. But It was a two-man show with two additional people. Well, it wasn't a two-man show. It was four four-person show. And I'm pretty sure the other two were Sam Rockwell's famous a big people. name, too. Christopher no, Walken, Sam Rockwell. This is, this, these are big names. Yeah. It was a great show. Well, yeah. Um, but anyway, Hugh Jackman. That was my Hugh Jackman story. When I was in New York City, I um, stayed in a hotel across the street from an off-Broadway play starring Samuel L. Jackson. Ooh. And I did not go to it. Oh. And Hugh Jackman was doing Music Man, and I did not go to that either. Mm. And also, this story was irrelevant. I just wanted to point out that I've also been in New York City because it was pretty cool. There you go. Uh, There is nothing more. There is no other city I want to go back to. I would I would move to New York. Like I like I used to think, why would anybody live in a, such a big city? It's so stupid. You can't drive cars. There's no parking. And now I'm just like, I would totally live if I could afford to live in Manhattan. I would. I don't think I would. Oh, I totally would. Definitely not with kids. Uh oh, absolutely with kids. I saw so many kids there. They're getting along. Oh well, yeah, fine. there's a lot of kids there. I'm just saying I wouldn't. Having not lived in New York with kids, I would not want to move to New York with kids. Does that make sense? Mm. If I already lived in New York and then had kids in New York, that'd probably be a different story. Oh, you don't want to uproot your man. That sounds like a great movie about kid, a kid from Dallas. Well, instead of Dallas, we'll have to make it like Tyler or Paris. Yeah, and they get, and they have to move to the big city. Probably oh, like fish out of water story. Or no, wait, they're he's with his family. They're going. It's Christmas time. They're, they're going to, um, are you listening John Dyke or whatever his name was? No, they're, they're on their way to vacation. Um, but he gets on the wrong plane. Oh no. Um, 
and he goes to New York, but luckily he has his dad's wallet with his credit cards. Oh. So he goes and stays at, um, uh, yeah. And, but he meets like this weird bird lady. How many presidents does he meet? Uh, he meets one president way before he was a president. Oh, okay. Um, this was when he was a, a cameo person in movies. And then, uh, but then these two robbers who robbed his house a few years ago in his hometown of Chicago, I mean, uh, Plano or <laughs> Dallas or Tyler or Chicagoland or Chicagoland, uh, they find him in New York City somehow. And mm. then they try to rob a toy store. Anyway, we're, I, giving, it's just we're like, giving a recap for a movie on a podcast about recapping a different movie. Yeah, well, it was just something <laughs> I was, it was a script that I was, you know, so let, thinking let me, about writing down. Let me get this thing back on the tracks here. What was the first time, when was the first time you encountered a royal doll intellectual property? Uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. The, the, the movie. The, movie. The, the Gene Wilder movie. The good one. Yep, not the not the weird uh, Tim Burton thing. Yeah, um, how, did you read or have read to you any Royal Doll books as a child? Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, and then I think I read the um, the uh, Glass Elevator. Not not as good. No, it was not as good. I don't remember it. I just remember not liking it. It's like a lot of travel. I think. I mean, it's kind of elevator right in the name. Yeah. But I never read like BFG or um, James and the Giant Peach or any of those. Now, my mom, shout out Deborah, Kathleen, Bill, and McDonald. Big into World Doll. Read a lot of these books to me as a child. And we watched every movie adaptation there was. Did you read his autobiography? Oh, so. Which is, I think he wrote it as a, as a kid's book. I think my parents have it on their shelf, and I do not think it's a children's book. Oh, is it not? It's the same size as kids' books. <laughs> but he was is like a—he he was he, like a spy. He was a, a some kind fighter, of pilot. Fighter pilot. He's a fighter pilot in World War One or whatever. Yeah. And he also wrote a book. And I remember my sixth grade teacher knowing I was in a royal doll and be like, "Here is a book royal doll wrote. Take it home." And then my parents be like, "Oh, this is the one he did not write for kids. It's <laughs> a lot of sex." Oh, really? Yes, it is not for children. Okay, it's well, about that's how good to, to know. Make children, because it. Came, I think it's called Omnibus. I bought like a, uh, I bought a like a box set of Roald Dahl, like all his books, and it's like his autobiographies in it. Well, there's one that's about this thick, big, huge book. Oh no, not that one. It's not for children. This um, one I think is for kids. Yeah. Because it's very small. It's like, like, like it's a spy thriller novel for grownups. Gotcha. Uh, and my parents have it on their bookshelf still. Um, I think it's called Omnibus. Uh, I do not know. Uh, what, anyway, was your, what was your uh, introduction to Danny DeVito? This movie would have been my introduction to Danny DeVito or Twins. I think I saw Twins first because it is older. Yeah, mine was for sure Twins or Taxi. And also the pregnancy one that we were talking about Junior. at work the other day, and you did not believe Danny DeVito was in it. And I was, I I, I, it's not that I didn't believe it. I just didn't remember he was in it. He's literally on the cover of the poster. He yeah. is a major part of it. He's first build. I don't know if that's true. He's not because Arnold Schwarzenegger is in it. Yeah. Um, 
Did you see the on going around the internet the other day? Arnold Schwarzenegger in his beautiful, fancy neighborhood in Los Angeles is like everybody in my neighborhood's complaining about this pothole, but nobody's actually doing anything about it. I'm actually going to fill it out. And so he was out there with a the crew. He hired himself filling the pothole. Nice. Um, and then like the next day, going around the internet was Arnold Schwarzenegger fills up pothole that city of Los Angeles says is actually necessary drainage ditch. Oh, <laughs> it wasn't a pothole at all. Oh no, it was like a storm drain. <laughs> oh well, I should have told somebody about that. Yeah, that's funny. Um, um yeah. Anyway, Arnold Schwarzenegger is great. Uh, so Matilda, I big. I also want to just point out for the record. That this little girl and Matilda, yeah, squint a little bit. Imagine me without a beard. When I was eight, I looked just like her. <laughs> I had I had a chili bowl haircut, so I basically had bangs too. Yeah, you know, I looked just like this little girl. Um, this is the same little girl that was in the remake of Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. Yes, she had a, she had a pretty big career there for a few years. She did. She's a very cute little girl. Yeah, I was a very cute little boy. Yeah, if you look like a, Matilda, yeah. I was a very effeminate. There's a reason I don't shave. I'm a very I have a very effeminate face. You're a very beautiful man. You're a beautiful man. Thank you. I think you're a very sturdy man. Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. Sturdy is my new compliment. Um So um what was I going to say? Matilda, we encountered it young. Did you read the book first? Did you ever read the book? You I never read the book. The book is a lot. Now. Did you read it to Junior? How far into it did you get? Not very. Like the first two chapters. Yeah. The book is a lot nastier than the Basically, movie. the dad is just in the process of being really mean to Matilda. Yeah. He's a lot meaner in the book than he is in the show. Yeah. And in the show, he is real mean. He is very mean. Yeah. Um, did you watch... Have you watched the Netflix musical remake that was no. based on, the? I guess, the stage musical? No, I did not. Did you? I did. It's, it's pretty good. It's not. Uh, it's not nearly as faithful to the book as the Danny DeVito adaptation joint. Danny DeVito directed, starred, and narrated this movie, and I think he did a great job in all three. He did. Uh, this movie might be my favorite thing Danny DeVito has ever been in. You liked it better than Twins. Oh yeah. I love Twins. I watched it the other day. Still funny. I haven't watched Twins since my age started with a with one number. <laughs> I haven't watched it since I was like nine. Oh, okay, okay. Um, <clears throat> all right. You want to get into a movie? Um. Oh well, I gotta say, you've seen this movie a lot. Yeah, I've seen the first half of it a lot. I will say, as a lot of you know, kid movies that we watch with our kids, we we see the first half a lot. Seen the second half maybe like twice. How, um, what are your feelings? Like just before we get into it, do you like it? Yeah. Very enjoyable. Very watchable. It's not, it's not something that I, she wants to watch and I'm like, oh. Yeah. It's one of the ones if she says like, oh, I want to watch Shimmer and Shine or like, oh, do you want to watch, don't you want to watch Matilda or like, (laughs) yeah, Gravity Falls or something? Um, Shimmer and Shine Shine is the absolute worst. worst. I think it teaches children learn helplessness. Well, yeah. The main character gets three wishes every day of her life. Every day. Wastes all of them. Wish one, make a situation worse. Wish two, 
Try to correct it the cheap way. Wish three. Oh no, I got to do this by myself. The, the episode writes itself. Yep. Or it's like wish one, wish for a giant picnic. Wish two, wish to make to clean up the big picnic that we just had. Wish three, wish for something else dumb. Never wish for something that helps somebody else ever. No. Or society at large. No. In fact, this girl chose to leave human society and go live with the genies in Genie Land or wherever it is. Oh, I haven't seen that one. It starts in season two. I don't know how it happened, but uh, <laughs> whatever they, because they switched from season, season let's stop talking about uh, Super <laughs> China. <laughs> okay. So Matilda, it opens with narration by Danny DeVito. I'll let you take the, take it from there. Yeah. So um, the first scene is Danny DeVito and his wife. She's pregnant. They are going to the hospital. You quickly find out that they don't want to have this baby because it's a big, just uh, inconvenience for them. Uh, they already have a son, um, but they especially don't want this baby because it's a girl. Right. Um, and we see there's a montage, great, great music. Mm-hmm. Um of her growing up a little bit. So we the next time we see her, she's like four, right? Right, she's like four. She's like four. Anyway, the, the dad goes off to work. The Her big brother goes out to school. Her mom goes and plays bingo every day, all day. So then they leave her at home alone. They don't, take, they don't send her to school because uh, they don't think she's... They basically ignore her. Um, so she decides, but she's super smart. She knows how to cook. She knows she knows lots of stuff. She knows how to read. Um, she's been able to read and write since she was a little bitty baby. Uh, so she decides she's going to take herself to the library every day. And she reads every book in the library. Um, and then the librarian finally tells her, you, can, you know you can take these books home if you get a library card. Mm-hmm. So she gets a library card. She brings books home. Her dad, who is a used car salesman, also who is Danny DeVito, the great Danny DeVito, one of America's finest treasures. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, so uh, she's he, pulling books back yeah, and forth. He he finds out that she's reading. He's like, why are you reading these books? We got a perfectly good TV. Uh, he gets really mad at her. Basically tells her to stop reading. Um, takes her to work the next day. Yeah. And by this... It, uh, she has also transitioned to being six and a half. Yeah, she's like six and a half now. The age she will be for the rest of the movie. Uh, takes her takes her and his son to work one day. Basically shows her all the crooked things that he does to rip people off. Uh, he spins the, the uh, odometers backwards to take thousands of miles off the cars. He glues on uh, parts that fall off later. Uh, basically rips people off every day. So and and he's really mean to her. Says really nasty things like I'm uh, big, you're I'm, small, I'm right, yeah. you're wrong. Exactly. Um and he says bad bad people deserve to be punished mm-hmm. is what the one thing that he says. So she takes uh, that to heart because he didn't say bad kids need to be punished. He said bad people need to be punished. So she recognizes that he's a bad person. She decides to punish him. She 
glue. She takes some of the glue that he's using to glue bumpers onto cars, basically, and she puts it in his hat. He always wears this um, kind of, I don't know, brimmed hat. I think it's a pork, <coughs> pork pie. pie. Pork pie hat. Yeah. Uh, so he gets it glued on his head. Um, and the mom comes. She's one at bingo. They go to this nice restaurant. Um, and her dad can't get the can't get the hat off. So he makes a big scene in this restaurant, knocking tables over, um, ends up having a cut, basically cut the hat off of his head. Yeah. Once they get back home. Um, so he's, he doesn't know that Matilda did it to him. I don't know what he thinks that his head grew or something like that. Yeah. He keeps saying that, uh, it, the it, hat shrunk and it, it the it fibers fused. fused to his hair. <laughs> yeah. well, I was like, what does that mean? What does that mean? <laughs> his wife is Rhea Perlman from Cheers. Yes. And she <laughs> is phenomenal. Yeah. She's hilarious. She is very funny. Her and Danny DeVito, like, why are they not married in real life? You know, they should be. Yeah. Um, Weren't, were they for a while? I'm not going to Google it, but I trust. I, trust I know. Uh, I don't know if they, they were had or not. excellent chemistry. They were hilarious. Yeah, very funny together. But um, so, and then in the next scene, Matilda uh, goes into his bedroom, into his into his uh, his bathroom. He's got this tonic that he puts on his hair every morning. And she swaps it out with peroxide, right? Peroxide turns his hair green. They are married. They are married. There we go. I was halfway sure when I said that. <laughs> um, turns his hair bright yellow. Now th- th- he did do that before the hat thing. Oh, was that before the hat thing? Yeah, but that doesn't matter. It's it inconsequential. Matter. Yeah. Anyway, those are kind of two big things that uh, are pretty famous. Yeah. Um, so her dad, she, she's like, dad, why don't, why don't I go to school? He's like, you're not old enough. You're only four years old. She's like, I'm six and a half dad. Yeah. Um, so he's I like, no, six and August. Uh, he's like, no, you can't go to school. Also what? in the book, they're English and it's the fifties. Yeah. So it's a little bit different. This is, this America, this is America in the nineties. But their house is still in the seventies. It's very, fun. it's very cool. Yeah, the styling's really cool. The music's really cool. Um, I feel like World Doll would very much approve of this movie. Yeah, I agree. It, and from what, from the little of the book that I've read, it's pretty faithful. Right. Yeah. The, the, this movie is. I think they speed up the ending a bit, but probably. Yeah. So, um, Danny DeVito's character. Sell, he ends up selling this used car to this schoolmaster, a uh, school marm named Miss Trunchbull. The Trunchbull. Um, Agatha Trunchbull. Agatha Trunchbull. And she is um, the only English person in this movie. She's not even that English. She's English. She has an English accent. It's and not that much. The school is basically like... An English boarding school. Run like an English boarding school, but the kids don't stay there. They go home. Yeah, that part's a little weird because it's an American. There's no such thing. There's boarding schools in America. Yeah, but this is not a boarding school. This is like... Yeah. This is like a public school. But it feels but very like much... a charter school, Yeah, I guess, it feels very much like a British school. Yeah. Um, 
from what I know from British schools, which is that Pink Floyd song, basically. <laughs> yeah, this feels like that Pink Floyd song. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, <laughs> basically, hey, they should have played that song in this movie, but they didn't. Um, so the Trunchable, they do an excellent job of just building her up as this larger-than-life character. You don't see her when she's talking to Danny DeVito. There's, like, she's on the other side of this, like, uh, a big, huge curtain shade and just, like, her shadow being cast against that. And you don't, you, you don't see her getting into the car. You just see these weird like thigh high socks and uh big scary boots like plunk inside a car and then um they when uh matilda goes to school on the first day you don't you just see like these clips of her you just see the writing crop in her hand you just see her big scary shoes you just see the little wart on her nose and they finally reveal her face like yelling at this kid so good it is very good they really play that up yeah yeah, they build her up big time, and she's, um, she's so terrifying. Anyway, yeah, she's terrifying. And Danny DeVito, when he sells her the car, he's like, "Wow, this this lady is the headmaster of a school. She's terrifying. That's where I'm going to send my daughter because uh, he basically hates his daughter. He does. He thinks he's a. He thinks she needs to show him respect. Yeah, she. But she doesn't respect him because he's a crook. Yeah. Um. Anyway, he's like, "You're going to school. Guess what? You're going to hate it." Because this lady's really mean. Um, and so Matilda shows up at school. Um, and basically the first thing that she sees is Trunchbull um, talking to... Uh, oh, what's her name? Thrip. What's what's that girl's first name? Anyway. What girl? Girl with the pigtails. Oh, the girl with the pigtails. Yeah, Miss Trunchbull's like yelling at all the kids in the schoolyard. She goes up to this girl with pigtails. Yeah. Gives her this whole big speech about I don't allow Amanda, pigs in my school. Amanda Amanda Thrip, I think is yeah. her name. And um Trunchbull it was a an Olympic athlete. Yes. And she threw she did the hammer throw and like the shot put Javelin. Javelin. Uh so she grabs this girl by the pigtails and twirls her around like the hammer, like the Olympic hammer, and throws her. And she goes flying through the air. It's it's really funny the way they did it. Yes. Um, and then she lands on her butt in a field of, of flowers and, uh, and like picks all the flowers as she's, as she's sliding by. Um, barely misses the fence. Yeah. Um, so, um, Matilda kind of, she, she figures out that school's not going to be super easy. Um, she's been wanting to go to school her whole life. She's been wanting to go to school her whole life. But she gets into her classroom, finally, after seeing this really scary thing. And then her teacher is really nice. And her teacher's name is Miss Honey. Yes. And she is as sweet as Honey. Yeah. She's the nicest lady uh, that she could that she could imagine. Now, who is that playing Miss Honey? Uh, I don't know. But she is just the voice that she does throughout the film of... Oh, Matilda, <laughs> everything will be all right. Yeah. Thank you, children, for trying your best. It's just like perfect sweet teacher voice. Yeah. It's, it's hilarious. Because I know that teachers like that, the bell rings, and they go to Chili's and Pound Margaritas. <laughs> yeah. Like, teachers are not really like that. No, They no. fake it until 3.30, and then they're at Applebee's downing those $5 Bahama Mamas. Yeah. 
Well, Miss Honey, she she realizes that like Matilda does all these equations, and she realizes that Matilda is a genius. Yes. Um, and so she goes to the Trunchable. Yeah. And says, "This Matilda girl, I think, should be happier in an older class." And she's like, "Ah, you were just trying to get out of work. You can't handle the little brat. I'll put her in the chokey." Yeah. The chokey is basically like this little it's an iron maiden it's like this closet that has all these nails nailed through the door and it's like got this steam pipe in it it's a very scary place but that's where trunchbull she puts all the she puts the kids that she thinks are bad kids or that don't you know disrespect her they go in the chokey um so um Let's see what happens next after she after she does that. Um, Matilda goes home. There's a car parked outside of her house. It's uh, Paul Rubin. Paul Rubens and is his name Paul Rubin or Paul Rubens? Paul Rubens. Oh, there's an S on there. It's plural. There's mm-hmm. multiple Pauls. Yeah, Paul Rubens, like the like the painter. Um, oh, okay. Or the sandwich. Anyway, there. Yeah, or like <laughs> multiple sandwiches. Mm-hmm. Um. He and his partner are parked out front. They're uh, they're staking out the uh, uh, what's uh, what's Matilda's last name? Wormwood. Wormwood. They're staking out the Wormwood's house because um, basically her dad is buying stolen auto parts. Um, she knows they're cops, uh, but her mom thinks that they are speedboat salesmen. Speedboat salesmen, which they don't live on the coast. They don't live near any lakes. Um, but she invites them into their house and just talking to him. Um, she doesn't invite them in at this part. That's a little bit. Yeah. Better. Anyway, what happens next? I'm a little, uh, this is the part where June falls asleep. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, so Matilda, um, and uh, her mom asked her how her day was by accident. And Matilda, like, gets excited. And she starts trying to tell her mom how her day was. And her mom's just like, get out of here. And, like, putting her finger in her ear and talking on her phone to her friend and stuff. And Matilda starts telling her about how wonderful Miss Honey is and everything. And then Miss Honey comes by the... by So they're... Eating dinner, they're eating dinner in front of the TV on TV trays, which is how they eat dinner in the books. And Miss um, Honey comes comes over unannounced and just knocks on the door and wants to come and tell them how smart Matilda is, and that with a little bit of private tutoring, she could be ready for college in a few years. And Danny DeVito's like, college is worthless. Nobody I know went to college, and then. Our coastal elitist liberal Miss Honey is like, oh, heaven forbid you ever had to go to the doctor. Your doctor would have gone to college. What if somebody sues you and then you would need a lawyer who went to college? He's like, who's suing me? You suing me? (laughs) Nobody I know is going to sue me. And then then the mom gives a great speech about that I totally can't falter for. She's like, you chose books. I chose looks. And look, look, I got a husband who loves me in a nice house and I get to play bingo all day and you got to go teach little kids. You got to go teach little runts all day. So who won? I'm like, you know what? Fair point, Rhea Perlman. 
Like, I would totally choose looks over books. Um, <laughs> and uh, they're like, yeah, no no daughter of mine is going to go to college. And so then Miss Honey's like, oh, these people are awful. And she leaves a little secret book for Matilda. Yeah. Um, so oh, this cake eating time. Well, we figure, we find out. So Miss Trunchbull, who bought the car from Mr. Wormwood. Yes. Her car breaks down. She She figures out. Oh, this guy uh, cheated me. So she basically takes it out on Matilda. Um, She figures her dad's a crook. You're a crook. Your whole family is worthless. Puts her in the chokey. Puts her in the chokey. Um, And then uh, Trunchbull goes and teaches Miss Honey's class that day. Mm -hmm. Um, And Matilda's new friend, Lavender, she puts a newt. She has this pet newt. She puts it in her water glass. Or Trunch- Miss Honey sneaks out. Trunchbull's, yeah, Miss Honey sneaks out, goes gets Matilda out of the chokey. Um, but Miss Trunchbull, swallow, she, she swallows the newt. Or the she newt, swallows the water the newt She swallows the, the yeah. And then um, Matilda, she blames Matilda because she figures Matilda is part of this worthless family. Um, she did this to me. So uh, she keeps accusing her, accusing her, and Matilda gets mad. She concentrates real hard, and she makes the pitcher of water with the newt fly at Trunchbull with her mind powers. Mind powers. Um, Trunchbull freaks out. She's super scared of the newt. It's funny. Yeah. Um, and but and then uh, she, she accuses Matilda of doing it, but Miss Honey's like, well, Matilda was right here. You saw her the whole time. Um, but then Matilda reveals afterwards to Miss Honey that I did this. But she's unable to reproduce her powers. She can't do it. She can't do it again. She said, "Well, maybe maybe I have to be upset." Um. So then, let's see. After that, the cake scene. Is it the cake scene yet? I think it's the cake scene. Oh, no. Miss Honey invites, this is when Miss Honey invites Matilda to her house. Right? I think the cake scene happens first. Does it? Yeah. I watched it last night. Okay. It's been, it's been a few weeks since I've watched it. Okay. Um, yeah. So the cake scene. What's that kid's name? Chubbs. His name is not Chubbs. His name is something Chris else. Chris McPorkerson. Anyway, this kid who is slightly overweight. I love a good husky boy. And he, he always a good source of comedy. He, um, Trunch- and he's got curly hair. Yeah. Miss Trunchbull has a secret chocolate cake that she likes to eat. Yeah. He found it. He ate it. Yeah. He ate a slice. She found out. Uh, so she sits him down in the in the audit or in the cafeteria with every all the kids around him. He's like, "Hey, you you like cake, right? Why don't you eat this big slice of cake?" So she gets a gets him a big slice of chocolate cake. He's like, "Well, I'm not really hungry." He's like, "Well, I want you to eat it." So he eats it. He's like, "Yeah, that was pretty good." He's like, "Oh." um, you want some more? And the the cook comes Cookie. out. Cookie comes out. Cookie's hilarious. Cookie's so gross. <laughs> so gross. Like the grossest lunch lady of all time. 
comes out with this giant, <laughs> giant chocolate cake that is just like, yeah, it's not a pretty cake. She's like heroin esque, but not the chic kind like London in the sixties, more like the gross kind of like Alabama in the nineties. Yeah, yeah, she's gross. Um, and she like starts rubbing her hand all up her nose and scratching her butt and stuff. And yeah, it's gross. It's gross. Anyway, she makes a huge cake. I would say this cake is um, at least two feet across. Yeah. Kid's name is Brucey. Right, Bruce. Bruce. Yeah, because they started chanting Brucey. Um, Brucey McPorkins. (laughs) That's not his last name, but uh, his first name is definitely Bruce. Um, Trunchbull is like, you got to eat this whole cake. If you don't, you're going in a chokey. And the kids are all like, (gasps) so he starts eating. Mm-hmm. And there's a great montage, eating montage. Kids are all cheering him on, and he finishes it. He licks his oh, licks Matilda. The- I think you're skipping an important step. Not just the kids cheer him on, but when he's finally about to cave and he's he's at his lowest point, he can't finish this thing, and there's still like a quarter of this huge, massive cake left. Matilda jumps up, is like, "You can do it, Brucey!" And you can do it, Bruce. And then all the kids are like, "Yeah." And I think that's an important part because this really shows kind of like foreshadowing, I guess, of like Matilda realizes you you gotta just stand up to the trunchable. Yeah, you, know? you gotta you it gotta works. stand up, you gotta stand up to bullies, and you gotta you gotta band together. But Brucey finishes the cake, he licks his cl- he licks his plate, he's like clean. stands up and he's licking the icing off this big platter, waving it over his head like a champion. All the kids are cheering. Um, and then Trunchbull's like, guess what? You're going to choke you anyway. Starts dragging him off. And then Matilda stands up and is like, no. Mm-hmm. Stands up to Trunchbull, says, that's not fair. You told him he wouldn't, if he ate the whole thing, he didn't have to go. Um, but she, uh, what happened? What, uh, does she do anything with her powers at that time? No, she doesn't, does she? She just tells her no. Yeah, the principal's all out of sorts, and she's all yelling at the kids and stuff. I don't really recall. Yeah. She this just gets... Is, uh, she, that, that kind of, like, really solidifies uh, Trunchbull versus Matilda, though. Yeah. Because she told her no. She doesn't definitely doesn't like being told no. Uh, yeah, and it definitely looks like Matilda is just as much a nemesis for... for the Trunchable is Trunchable is the nemesis for Matilda. They're going to be, this is basically face off without the parts where their faces come off. Yes. So, um, at one point somewhere around here, Miss Honey invites Matilda over to her house. Yes. Um, and it is revealed one way or another that Trunchable is, uh, the, Basically, the aunt, right? The yeah, aunt yeah. of Miss Honey. She's so she's uh, Miss Honey's dad's sister, paternal aunt. Um, and she lives in this giant house that was her fa- was Miss Honey's father's. Um, and Miss Honey lives in like this little shack next to it. It's kind of a cozy cottage. A little co- cozy cottage. It's not a. It's not a like a dirty shack. It's a nice little, but it's yeah, very it's, small. It's very small. It's, it's an a, efficiency it's a, cottage. It's a tiny home. It's a tiny home. She's Miss Honey is just trying to lower her mm. green footprint. Yeah, her, her, foot, her, her, her footprint is very small. Yeah. Um, 
But she tells Matilda this whole story about um, when her dad got sick and her her aunt came and took care of her. She was super mean to her. Um, but it kind of sounds like Trunchbull killed her father. It does sound like that, yes. Um, but there's some items in the house that Miss Honey says, I really wish I had this doll that I used to play with all the time. Uh, my dad gave it to me. Uh, so Matilda's like, hey, let's go in there and get it. Because they, they watched Miss Trunchbull get in the car and drive off. So they go in the house. But it has been foreshadowed that this car sucks. This car is a wormwood. It's a wormwood joint. So it, it's, so just from the get-go, I love the tension, how the tension builds in this scene. Just from the get as soon as you see the Trunchbull driving off in the car, you know she's, you know she's coming back. Yeah. For like, sure. For sure. And then they show her coming back. Yeah. And Miss Honey's like, no, we should. I don't want to go in there. We shouldn't go in there. But Matilda's like, this is your house. We need to go in there and get your stuff. So she goes in. They find the they find the doll. They find this box of chocolates that Miss Honey and her dad used to, her dad used to give her a chocolate every night. But Trunchbull basically stole it. She stole the whole house, really. Yeah. Um. But there's a, yeah, there's a great tense it's a pretty long scene where sequence where uh Trunchbull comes back because her car basically breaks, comes back, hears them in the house and basically thinks they're an intruder. She's going to, she's chasing them through the house. She's going to wreck shop. It's got that, that feeling you get in a horror movie where, you know, the bad guys right around the corner and like, you can feel it in your spine. They'd pull that off in a kid's movie. I was like, slow clap applauding for, Danny DeVito, and they just kept building and building and building the tension. And then there's that stairwell, the back stairwell to the kitchen that's filled with junk and pots and pans and stuff. Matilda's got to go down it and without making any noise. And then she gets to the very last step and the whole thing just falls down. Yeah. And then she's like, oh no, they're found out. How's she going to get out of this one? And she hides under the table and the trunchable's like slowly lifting up the tablecloth to look under there and you're like oh no she's oh no oh man there's so much tension and then matilda was like hiding like she was uh what do you call it like there's a name for it in parkour where she was like pressing her arms and legs against the inside of the top of the table to hide yeah and then miss hunt and then she was slipping and there's more tension now it's just like a little bit of tension just getting more and more and more the trenchables eating her giant chocolate cake as her Matilda's arms are slipping yeah. and Miss Honey sees that and she's like, I got to do something. She goes and like slams the front door to buy Matilda some time. And every, Man, everything, I, I love that part. Everything Trunchbull does is like over exaggerated. It's very loud, very big. Like when she eats the chocolate cake, it's like really ah, gross. She eats it with her like, hands, she eats it with her nice, hands and like fork. stuffs her face and it's all over her mouth. Ah. Um, and her boots are like giant and she's stomping around the whole house. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a great scene. Um, and then in the next scene, so they get away. She and Miss Honey get out. Just barely. Barely get out. And they don't get the doll. They don't get the doll. Um, but Matilda is like, hey, I got these powers. I need, to, I need to practice these powers. So she goes home. She practices her powers. It's a great montage with great music. And she's making stuff fly all around her house. So she's got this telekinesis. Oh, yeah. And there's that great scene like before the montage where... She figures out she can only do it when she's like emotionally charged and she's like yelling at her dad to yell at her yeah. and then she like slams the door in his face. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. 
Um, but she harnesses her power. She figures montage. out how to how to harness it. Great montage. Not too long. Yeah, it's a short montage. You get the you get the point, but it's not um it's not like the last movie where uh the one about the witches where they showed entire songs. dance routines. Well see that montage had no point. It was just pizzazz. This montage it was progresses time, time the story filler. from act two into act three, from her powers being this little thing she can't control to okay, the rest of the movie is about how she now has yeah. powers. I guess the last movie they finished the movie and it, they were like this movie is only 14 minutes long. <laughs> we got to pat it out. We Let's write a whole extra story about how she has to find three witches and throw it in there. Um, oh, and just a heads up, because the way these episodes are going to come out two weeks apart. So we found out that if you listen to last week's episode, it was revealed that the actress who played the witch's aunt... Her real life name is Mat- what was her name? Um, something, something Matilda Locks or whatever. I don't know. Start with an M. Um, Madeline. Matt Madeline. Anyway, oh. she's in a bunch of movies that the same director directed, and she's also just in a bunch of movies, like a bunch of Christmas lifetimey movies. <laughs> and so I've got a lot of movies to watch. <laughs> oh but gosh. next week's movie, well, in two weeks, they're doing two weeks now. Uh, that movie is going to be um, the horse. What was it? Pony Pony Sitters, po- Pony Sitters Club. Sleepover. Pony Sitters Club, the big sleepover. You probably have to buy it on Amazon, but trust me, it's worth it. <laughs> you don't know that. <laughs> it's got to be good. It's called the Pony Sitters Club. You know the ponies talk. I don't, we don't know that. We don't know. what. We don't know anything about the Pony Sitters Club. Okay, let's bet. Let's bet one energy drink. Let's, uh, how, okay, what, we can bet on talking ponies, but can we also bet on if there will be any little, little people in this movie? <laughs> miniaturized. <laughs> miniaturized, not miniaturized. little people. Miniaturized, like digitally miniaturized with special effects people. That okay. seems, that seems to be this director's, uh, signature. <laughs> they, he developed the, the presets in After Effects. Oh my wasting. gosh! Um, okay, let's let's keep, let's keep talking about Matilda. So uh, Matilda figures out how to use her telekinesis. She goes back to Trunchbull's house, mm. climbs up in a tree, fully leveled up. Yeah, she her powers are. She spent some uh, some skill points on telekinesis. Yeah. She climbs up a tree to uh, Miss Honey's old window. Uh, I believe it's a trellis. Okay, trellis. Is it a trellis? I thought yes. she was in a tree. It, well, it's got a lot of foliage, but it is a trellis. Okay. Well, but she telecon- She mind powers the doll out of the window. Just barely. So yeah. great. Yeah, barely. Um, but she uh, she lost her red hair ribbon. Well, you're also skipping the part a little bit. The Trunchable is practicing her javelin throws. Yes. And just, uh, her living room, the only furniture in the living room, is one chair that she sits in and sharpens her javelin. <laughs> and she's got like an umbrella stand full of javelins. And she's throwing them at the wall. Just throwing them into the wall of the house. And then Matilda goes full Scooby-Doo on her and haunts the crap out of this house. Um, and she... 
takes the portrait. There's a portrait of the Trunchable over the fireplace. Portrait of her dad. Well, of- no, well, she takes the Trunchable's portrait off, puts it in the fireplace, and then telekinesis is in the oh. portrait of the dad. Yes. Uh, so Trunchable thinks that um, the her brother, who she killed, yes, is haunting the house. Yeah, and haunting her. Yes, it's a vengeful spirit. Um. So, um, Trunchbull basically takes it out on the students, as she always does. Oh, she looks very frazzled the next day. Yeah, she's she's rattled. She is out of sorts. But she is really taking it out on the students. Um, she tells Miss Honey, "I'll be teaching you class today." Yes. So she um, she basically rounds up all the kids. Into the cafeteria. Like, I'm going to put you all in the chokey. I'm going to chokey you all up. Um, and Matilda basically stands up against her. Does she pile, like, chains on her? I, I'm, getting, I'm getting the two Matildas mixed so up it's right the, now. They're not, they're not in... They're not the, in the cafeteria. They're in Miss Honey's classroom. Yeah, yeah that's, the other, Hon- that's the other Matilda. That there's in. a great line where it said, in the time it took... Miss Honey to get worried about the situation. Matilda had already come up with a plan, which is a great way of showing that she's smart. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like that little turn of phrase. I wonder if that's from the book or a Danny DeVito original. Um, and then they uh, take a, so she's got them all lined up. She's yelling at them and she knows it's Matilda. She knows because of the red ribbon. She's like, who was wearing a red ribbon yesterday that isn't wearing one today? And, um, I love it when the Trenchable does her nice teacher impression voice. That's that's always funny. Yeah. Um, and then uh, uh, Matilda makes it go full blown um, haunted in there, and like the the blinds start flickering up and down, and stuff starts flying around, and then the chalk starts writing on the chalkboard. Um, you know, like you killed me, give my house back to my bumblebee. Uh, that's the dad's nickname for Miss Honey. And oh, I just now got a bumblebee and honey. I yeah. just now put that together. <laughs> um, and uh, they and he, she writes this message and then attacks the trunchable with um, uh, erasers and they start like making dust go around in the air as they hit her and. She and then all the kids start throwing food at her, and she goes out in the hallway. And then the rest of the kids in the school go grab their lunches and start throwing food at her until she runs out of the building and gets in the car and drives away. And that's the end of the movie. Well, well almost. There's not, a little prologue. Yeah. There's a little prologue. Well, there. Yeah. Then uh, um, Matilda's family basically drives up. They're like, "We got to go. FBI's on to us. We're getting in the car. We got to. We got to fly to Mexico or Costa Rica or wherever. Guam. Guam." We're getting We're going a, on a permanent vacation. We're getting out That's of here. That's my Rhea Perlman impression. Pretty good. Yeah. Um, Matilda's like, I don't want to go. I'll stay with Miss Honey. And Miss Honey's like, uh, will you let me adopt Matilda? And she's already drawn up the papers, I guess. Matilda Matilda says she has had the papers with her since she was big enough to Xerox. <laughs> so they, I remember they, this part clearly because I watched it in the car stuck in traffic on my way over here. <laughs> <laughs> they signed the they signed the adoption papers, and Matilda stays with Miss Honey. The end. The end. What a magical! They movie. eat chocolate 
wear overalls and play all the time. And then they uh, they move into Miss Honey's rightful home. Yeah, and it's big and big and dank. Yep. Uh, and I guess Miss Honey takes over the school. Presumably. Maybe they just like integrate with the public school system, which is they should probably do anyway. Nah, she gotta make that private school money. Yeah. School marm. Um Yeah, I was getting I was getting the two Matilda movies a little mixed up in there. Oh, do you want to specify how they differ? <clears throat> no. They, okay. they I mean they're pretty they're pretty different. Uh, the, I mean, the they're basically the same story, but a lot of details that are different. Well, one, Curtis Hill, let me ask you this question. One's a musical, one's not. Which one do you prefer? This one. Which one has the best Danny DeVito in it? Uh, the Danny DeVito version. So, man, I love Danny DeVito. Um, what's, I, the, what's the sequel? What's the sequel? What's Matilda 2 about? Matilda 2... Um, Miss Honey has a boyfriend. Uh oh. And Miss Honey's boyfriend, um, doesn't like Matilda. Matilda's a little jealous, but there's a lot of situations in which, like, Miss Honey's just like, no, you're just jealous. Changes change. It's hard. You know, we'll get through this. And Matilda's like, no, he legit is evil. And we find out that he's a full-blown sorcerer. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Okay. And so he's going to try to suck Matilda's magic to make himself more powerful. Well, but is Matilda really magic? Or does she just have, like, a very advanced brain? It's magic. Okay. We find, uh, I feel like you're mashing this up with uh, the witch's ball, but... <laughs> okay, so he's a warlock. And he's going to suck her brain powers <laughs> okay. on the full moon. And so we've got until the full moon to prove to Miss Honey that he really is evil. And without just looking like a jealous little twerp. Yeah. Or Miss Honey dies and Matilda's homeless. Oh, wow. That Yeah, that's a much darker movie. Oh, then she joins the X-Men. That's, what I, that's where I was going to go with it. Miss Honey's school becomes uh, basically <laughs> Professor X's school for gifted young students. Yeah. Um, and she trains telekinetic and gifted people. Do we find out that is Matilda a mutant? Yeah, Matilda's a mutant. Um, and uh, which is legally dissimilar from superheroes. That's why Fox owns one and Disney owns the other. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Really? Yes. <laughs> uh, and Scar- Scarlet Witch and her brother are the two that go between because they've been both in different iterations. Oh, yeah. They, they There's a lot of legalities in which lawyers had to determine what superheroes are actually mutants. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, uh, I would have loved to have been like, in that room. Anyway. Um, Spider-Man's a mutant. He he was mutated, but yeah, he's mutated. He's he, a mutant. He's a superhero, though. That is why he is neither owned by Disney nor Fox. He is owned by Sony. Oh yeah, he is owned by Sony. And they they produce their movies in cooperation with Marvel. But you want to play that Spider Man video game? Better have a better have a Sony PlayStation. I do, and I do. 
Yeah. Uh, anyway, what would you do for the sequel? Um, oh, they, yeah, they make the school. Yeah, um, school for mutants. mutant gifted mutants. Um, oh, can um, can Porky McChubbins have a superpower? Can he be in the sequel? Brucey. <laughs> yeah. His, sure. his his power is eating cake. Eating cake. He actually has an unlimited stomach capacity. Yeah, which he found out that day. Because that cake was physically larger than his stomach could possibly yeah. be. Yeah. So he can eat anything. If there's a bomb, he can eat it. Yeah. Um, it won't do anything. If if there's like, um, you know, like, I don't know, poison. Yeah. Poisonous gas. He can like suck it all suck up. Suck it all into his stomach. Yeah. That sounds good. That's a good, it's a good, it's a good, it's a good power. It's a blessing and a curse because he's also always hungry. He can never be satisfied. Yep. yep. And can uh, Kelsey Grammer be in it? Yeah, he's the villain. Well, Kelsey Grammer's the beast. He's he's not in this. X-Men. This is not X Men. He's already an X Men. I said, but this is not X Men. Oh, I thought this was X Men. No, this is Miss Honey's um, Y uh, Y Men. Why? <laughs> why? Well, why gender it? Just make it why they? Why? Why people? Why people? That's what it's called. Why? <laughs> the why Wait, people. Why people are. Boys, right? Like the oh, Y chromosome. chromosome. Maybe it's like we're a, gendering our genders. The, uh, the A people, the A team, the A team. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Uh, okay, who do you want on a T-shirt? No, wait, who's not invited to the sequel? <sighs> Paul Rubens. He's inconsequential. He was like that's such a big name. Was this the period of time where he was in Hollywood jail? Yeah, I think so. In the nineties, said so much. Well, talent. it might have been. What year was this? Ninety six, or was it earlier than that? I have no idea. Yeah, ninety six. So yeah, he was probably in Hollywood jail. I just want to say for our listeners, Paul Rubens is such such a talented man. Oh yeah, and I still I still watch Pee Wee's Playhouse. So awesome. good, awesome. Do you watch it with your children? Mm-hmm. Oh, do they love it? Yeah. They do. Isn't it's, isn't there a cowboy Curtis? Cowboy Kurt? Cowboy Curtis. Cowboy Lauren, Curtis. Lawrence Fishburne. For those of you who've never seen Curtis Hale in person, he often dresses like a cowboy. I do. Yeah. So, cow, do, they, do your kids ever confuse you with Lawrence Fishburne? They do not. Oh, okay. You weren't in the Matrix. I was not in the Matrix. I wasn't. A, you I are wasn't in the John Wick movies, though. Yeah, I'm. I'm John Wick. Yeah. Um, sorry, it's late. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Who, who's uh, okay? So Paul Rubens is not invited to the sequel. Paul Rubens, uh, yeah, great talent, underused in this movie. Definitely invited to the sequel is Matilda. Yeah, she's got to be in the sequel. It's called Matilda Two. I'm gonna recast her though as that girl from Wednesday. No. Yeah. What? And she's grown up a lot, and we already know that girl from Wednesday can like. Really do a good job of being in school. That's true. That's true. Um, all right. Who do you want on a t-shirt? Mm, Paul Rubens. I, w- I would like Danny DeVito. Oh, Danny, oh, oh, like a fake ad for his car business on oh, a shirt? Oh, yeah. That'd be great. You could design that. I'd buy that. Yeah. I might do that. I won't do that. No. Uh, but it's fun to think about. Yes. 
Um, and then, um, yeah, so I give this movie, uh, I don't know, um, but I give it five box of chocolates out of five box of chocolates. Same here. Except uh, pieces of pieces of chocolate cake. Ooh, yeah. How about whole cakes weighing 110 pounds? That cake looked so heavy. I would estimate it to be 110. <clears throat> I mean, it had to be wheeled in. The cookie couldn't even carry it. She probably couldn't carry much, but... Uh, <laughs> In her, in her state. She's so gross. She's very gross. Uh, but she had to wheel it in on his dirty little cart. Oh. And the school was very gross. Yes. Like dirty. Um, the churchable did not care. She wasn't too up on hygiene. I understand why Matilda, like Matilda's parents hate her. That's why she went there. But what other parents are sending their kids there? It doesn't make sense. Like the whole, it's not really a public school. They don't have to go there. They're paying money to go there because in the book it's a private school, right? So, but it's probably like a private school for like really hard nosed fathers who want their kids to like really get some discipline. Yes, in the book that's what it is. But the parents, I guess we don't see the parents in this one. The parents in the musical Netflix version are all all seem like really loving good parents, but they go and pick their kids up from this nasty school with this really mean lady. Well, that's because it's a, maybe it's a public school in the musical. You don't have a choice. But it's a boarding school. Or not a boarding school. It's like a, I don't know. It's not important. It's not important. But uh, was it, I want to go to bed. Was it in this, was it in this version where she made, she made the kids stay until like eight o'clock at night? Yes. Writing, writing lines. Yes. <laughs> like that it doesn't one. show them. It just it just says they have to do that. Yeah, it shows her getting, getting home. Yeah, it shows her getting off the bus and it's like nighttime. It's nighttime, <laughs> yeah. Um anyway, I wouldn't send my kid there. No, I wouldn't. I, I mean kids. I would now because it's Miss Honey's school for gifted young students. Yeah. With power mind powers. Big fan of Miss Honey. She's she was uh so sweet to those kids. Great teacher. Great uh, adoptive parent. Yeah. I assume she was a good parent afterwards. I mean, in that little scene right before the credits, they're like rollerblading inside. And she's got knee pads, elbow pads, and a helmet on. So she's like safety first. But still, we're going to rollerblade inside. That's fun. That's fun. Bless you. <laughs> I tried to don't hold, hold it in for the recording. Don't, don't hold it in. It's not good for your... It made my ears pop. Yeah, it's not good for your head. All right. Uh, do you want to uh, take us out on our... Super famous catchphrase. You've been listening to Saturday Morning Dads. Part of this complete breakfast.